Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on, from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more, oh, sports, uh. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today. Ray, are you with us? Well, we'll try to get Ray with us soon. This is Tay, Eric Taylor, and uh, give us a call. We're talking sports some NFL, some college football, and crazy Major League Baseball trades. Wow. The deadline happened today. It was amazing, and a lot went down. But we're going to start off first with NFL, because a lot is happening with the NFL. So... Right now, the NFL has basically, let's see if Ray's 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 with us. Ray, Ray, you there? there? No, I don't see Ray, but that's okay. So right now, the NFL is basically on fire. Training camp has begun. Russell Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, gets his deal it is crazy. Ray, you with us? Can you us? hear me now? Yeah, I was yes, saying, Ray. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I was saying, welcome back. We've missed you, the audience. Ah, we're but back. your audio wasn't right. You, 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 weren't, you weren't Mr. Wilson. And no, that's his we- audio is right. His video is right, and everything else is right. When you get $87 million for four years with a bunch of that guaranteed that's, uh, 60, that's over being... 60 million guaranteed ray say it no say every number and don't forget the 87.6 player because sierra knows what it is it's 87.6 his girlfriend knows bobby wagner knows tweeted out i guess you can't pay everybody so look the seahawks did the right thing i'm actually glad they got it done before the season started it could have been messy for them and Maybe having to franchise him and yada, yada, yada. Good organizations take care of their players. And, you know, Cam Chancellor holds out today. Bennett wants to renegotiate. I mean, these guys just got deals. But you know what? They took care of their man. And I'm happy for the Seahawks. Do you feel like it was too much? Or is it just right because he's the, he, that's the going rate and he's the leader? So... I believe he's the leader, but I still believe it's too much. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but it might mean losing a Bobby Wagner or Mm. not really being able to keep Cam Chancellor more than a year or two. Uh, Richard Sherman got his money, and obviously they're paying, you know, they made the big trade with the Saints, and so they're paying Jimmy Graham. Thomas got paid. certain point the money runs out right and and marshawn lynch is on a year-to-year contract it seems like every year is is, is this well he got, no, he, got he re-upped and got some money so he's good he's got a two-year deal i yeah, think but, this right 
but let me say this the cap's going to go up and i think that at the end of the day they will put the tag on bobby wagner they, they can't let him go because they realized they were an average defense almost last year when he was gone when he came back they turned back into the super bowl defense so to me bobby wagner without a doubt you have to keep that type of young tackling and blitzing linebacker you got to keep him all i all i all i'll say though is think about the russell wilson story right the guy plays at nc state oh. and then he does his fifth year he has a year of eligibility he goes to wisconsin He's a third-round draft pick. Remember, they signed Matt Flynn for $8 million, <laughs> thinking he was the answer. And about 10 seconds into camp, Pete Carroll said he's not the answer. My guy Russell Wilson's the answer. And, and management and ownership stuck by him. And he put in his time in his rookie contract, because as a third-round pick, your rookie contract's not that sexy. But no. this contract is sexy. So to all you young athletes out there, if you really, really want to get paid, it's your second contract. Sometimes your third, but it's your second well, contract. Well, you got to work hard so, first. Right? Exactly. So, get, your, get your ducks yeah, in order, and even if you're a third-round pick, and don't even quit. if you, things don't bounce right for you the first you know, couple years of your career, remember the real, real money, the long-term money, the set-your-family-up money, that comes later. That comes in your second and your third contract because most of these leagues have – salary caps and limits on how much you can make in that first contract. So keep to it. And it, it helps if you're talented and you got a good head on your shoulders, like Russell Wilson and you went to two Super Bowls and you won one and a half of them. So um, listen, it, you it, know, it's great. he deserves it. And, and the fans of Seattle get to keep their guy for another four years. So that's fantastic. No, I think it is. And, and you know, you, you, you said it all right. And what I like about this this organization is basically saying without a doubt for the next two years at least you know maybe before they start to lose other pieces that for the next two years they are to be reckoned with and could basically be right back in the super bowl again and so for a great sports town and great sports fans of seattle they've got to be ecstatic now we're gonna spin around training camp a little bit and the latest news just came down. Since we were not on the air, it was the four game suspension for Tom Brady was upheld. I think we were both surprised by that. But now the judge just came out and said, there's a conference call on August 12th. Before then, he wants Brady and Roger Goodell to try to come to an agreement, meaning Everybody needs a little give and take, needs to reach a deal because he doesn't want to have to go through this. And then by no later than September 4th, before the start of season, there would be a ruling on whether, whether Brady's four, no games, money, one, two, three games, whatever. So chances are before August 12th, we could have an answer to where Brady will be at, but we will definitely have an answer before the start of the NFL season, which is a lot better than the concerns that people had that it could drag on into the season. What That's are your thoughts thing. about that? What I are your think, thoughts look, about that? Either way, whatever the decision is, let's have the final decision before the, before the season starts. Because 
the Patriots need to know it. Their opponents need to know it. Their fans need to know it. So, so let let's let's be done with all this. Let's let's not drag this out of the two-year law, you know, court case with uh, stays and injunctions and 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 all this stuff. Let, let's just figure it out. Now, I think both of these sides need to be able to to get down from the tree because they both kind of back themselves into a corner. Roger Goodell yep. is flexing and saying, look. The rules apply to everybody, and they apply to you know the 53rd man on the roster or the number one guy on the roster in Tom Brady. Definitely. And he basically doesn't want to feel like he's a patsy, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, but keep in mind that Roger Goodell is the same guy that destroyed the tapes from Spygate, and he conveniently used the term destroy – that that uh, Brady destroyed his cell phone, and and the assumption being that he you know hid evidence from the NFL. And Tom Brady needs to needs to back off of his stance where he's like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not a cheater. I'm the man. You know, I, I fully deserve this. Obviously, you know, even if you don't fully believe in the Ted Wells report, you got to think that there's something going on there. That, that at the very least, he liked soft you know, uh, the football is underinflated. So, you know, I think to me there's still a compromise in here. Maybe, you know, it's the equivalent of pleading no contest. Oh, and by the way, if, if nothing was wrong, why did the Patriots fire these two kids? They're not kids, these two guys that work, yeah. the equipment guys. You know what it's I mean? They ridiculous. earn a living. They they don't make as much as Tom Brady does. They need this money more than he does. Yeah. So if, if nobody was in the wrong, why do these two guys don't have an income? Why don't they have a job? So, Especially uh, because know. the NFL did not ask them to do that. And they sort of, the Patriots made it seem like in the media that that was the case. And they said that it was not. It, it's Look, it's all been a mess. We've talked about it too much. I think at the end of the day, the NFL wouldn't mind if it went to one game. And the Patriots wouldn't mind if it just went to a ridiculous amount of money. And... I can't put my finger on the pulse of which way that will go, but I will say, look, Favre years ago had to pay 50000 The precedent on the books was 25000 Maybe he has to pay a million. Maybe it's one game. I'll go somewhere between a million dollars and one game. We'll see. Um, it's going to be fascinating, though. And, you know, a young man named Jimmy Garofalo wants to know, too, because – you know, Brady's taking all the number one snaps, but if Jimmy's going to start week one against my Steelers, Ray, he's uh, he better get ready because the Steelers are coming. Even though we might have the toughest schedule, we are ready to rock and roll. Tomlin got a new deal. We're ready to go. D'Angelo Williams looks good. You know, I don't know. Listen, more notes. Let's go to the positive. Training camp. It's open. We still got six to eight teams that are opening, I think, tomorrow. But, Ray... Already, it's been, Lovey said, Jameis Winston is my starting quarterback. Glennon is the number two. Do you like going into camp that it's clear to everyone who the number one is and the young rookie gets it? I think it's a good thing because he gets to show his leadership from, the, from jump. You know me, I'm from the old school. I don't mind if he would have had a clipboard for eight games. 16 games or somewhere in between but you know what this is the new nfl and he was the number one overall pick and he was clearly a leader of men at florida state i mean college men right um so why not if glennon's not the guy let's not pretend he's the guy so i i hear what they're saying 
I would have done it a little bit differently. But you know what? This is the modern NFL, and and Lord knows Lovey Smith needs to give the fans in Tampa something to look forward to. So why not? I mean, I'm surprised that you're saying that, man. You're sounding kind of old and stuffy. You know, and I know Glennon is not it. He's no, average. of course, but I, I, but this hey. is not for Glennon. This I know, is for but you Winston. Day one, but Winston. I think Winston would be a better quarterback if he held a clipboard for four games, for eight games, just just to see the NFL, the speed of the game. He played in the ACC, I, good conference. I don't the think SEC. that type. I think he is a savant. I think he's immersed himself in the book. They've been using drones and training camp, the best technology. I think him and Mariota, you just have to give it to him from day one and let them make their mistakes. Bortles will be a better quarterback this year, and you'll see. And same with Bridgewater because they both played, not because they sat. I mean, you got to go face the fire. Neither one of these teams are making the playoffs. So let's start the learning curve now on the field. I think day one is the way to go. These guys have, have, have got to sort of take the leadership because it's not like Glennon or Zach Mettenberg or either one were so, you know, strong that the team's going to be like, yeah, go with them. They're going to be like, no, how come we're not going to number one and number two picks? So I actually like that. I'll tell you what you won't like. You won't like the Darren, McF- <laughs> Darren McFadden already has got a hurt hamstring. Oh, my God. Or training camp, working out, he hurt his hamstring. When are you going to just sign Ray Rice and get this over with? Please tell me. I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, he served his time. Um, the prosecutors basically didn't push forward with the with a case against him. I thought he was fined and he sat out. And you know, he still he he's he he's took there all the to be had. Yeah, he took, he's there. He he's there. So for the picking. So I, I think that the Cowboys. Yes. I mean, if if you're gonna sign Darren McFadden and you're going with the older, you know, sort of re retreaded running back, then why not Ray Rice as well? I'd I, I say do it immediately. And and the thing is with McFadden is he's a speed guy. And so if he loses his hamstring, if he loses his ability to cut, if he loses even his confidence, and he's always injured. So you got to figure this guy is good for at best four or five really good games. And then the rest of them are duds. Look at his career in Oakland. Look at when he had, I mean, he, he could run for 150, 200 yards. And then the next game, he'll 23 go, yards. You know, yeah, 13 carries, 23 yards. Yeah. So to You're me, right. he's inconsistent and he's injury prone. And that's the two things that, that you don't want, especially when you got a quarterback you want to protect. You know, he's got that, that iffy back. I don't know. Get somebody in there that can that can at least just move the chains and is be and will be consistent. Now Ray Rice throughout most of his career was consistent. He had a bad last year, but uh, what did he average like three point six yards a carry? But for the most part, Ray Rice is consistent. He can he can block a little bit for he the quarterback. Catch. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run. He's not the home run hitter that Darren McFadden is, but you know what? Cowboys don't need a home run hitter. They, they've got enough weapons offensively. They just need a guy, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust, a little bit more, but, you know, we'll take four and a half yards and a cloud of dust. Well, you're, you're totally right, you know, and, and just throw another name out there who thankfully has healed from his gunshot wound, CJ2K. 
and he ran well, 4.3 yards a carry last season for the Jets. Chris Johnson is someone else that the Cowboys can consider as well um, in terms of Cowboys camp. Everybody's talking positive about the Broncos and Peyton Manning and, and you know, the, their new regime, the Bears' new regime with Fox and Cutler and everything. But I want to talk about New York. Before we get to the knuckleheads, the positive, Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz will be in camp with me, Eli, and he's got to get his deal. That will happen eventually. So they're all healthy. But JPP was in the Daily News, and I didn't see it because I don't have the Daily News out of here, but I'm sure you saw it with the, with the finger and the bandage and just a mess. I want your thoughts on him. And then with the Jets, Sel- Selvin Richardson. Just ridiculous. Already suspended four games and then gets caught with marijuana in the car with a 12-year-old and a gun. I don't know how many more games he'll get on top of that. But wait, wait, wait. But you missed the most important fact. A 12-year-old and a gun and smelling of weed. So all of that is bad. But he was doing 140 in a car. And he was trying to outrace the law. And you're thinking to yourself... You're already on suspension. You Beyond are dumb. a target. You, you know, and, and you're not incognito. You are probably, first of all, driving a car that goes 140, that's probably a $140,000 car, <laughs> let yeah. alone who you are. You probably have Sheldon, you know, Richardson 91 on your plates. So it's like, really, you're going to draw attention to yourself and when they pull you over, or first of all, they they need to chase you down. Chase and then when they down. pull you over, you got all of this happening in your car. Wow, what is going on? You have a 10, 15-year career. What are you doing? So, yeah, that Roger Goodell is going to slap, I don't know, four more games, six more games yeah, on top of that. We might not see him until the midway point. But they did draft the big cat, Leonard Williams. So that, Isn't that looking like a beautiful pick right now? Looking like the smartest pick ever, Ray. It really is. Um, you know, it's, it's just a mess. And JPP, there's not much to say. You know, I don't know how many games he might miss, if he, he'll be able to play. It's just a mess. I, you know, well, I think really about hope- this. Think about this, too. C.J. Wilson. Put him in the in, in the conversation. Oh, yes. from the box, he stepped yes. away from football because he's got two fingers now two that fingers. that were you know amputated. So he's got to step away from football. He just signed a two year contract. He he's got to figure out you know rehab and 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 physically get right and then mentally get right and then and then worry about working his way back in. So JPP same thing. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of unbelievable. And just a, a little note about a, a veteran a savvy veteran in Reggie Wayne. There's rumors that he might sign with the, um, with the Seahawks. Ray, that would be a perfect pickup for them. They've got Luke Wilson, Jimmy Graham, Matthews, and Curse, all 6'1 and above. They got some big height from 6'1 to 6'7. To throw Reggie Wayne in the slot, to work the work the middle, you know what I mean. Little well, uh, hip hop slang would be I, I would, perfect. I would hope so. You know, they tried Sidney Rice and he didn't work, and obviously Percy Harvin didn't work out. So they've kind of gone in a different direction in terms of trying to get that mark. But neither one of those guys are the professional and the class that Reggie Wayne is. True, Let's, but Reggie's what thirty five, thirty six. 
So I think Reggie father, can work the slot for a bunch of teams. Father time, father time's undefeated. You know, we talked about that. But but you're right though. In that offense, especially with Russell Wilson, Jimmy Graham, Marshawn Lynch, the, and, and all the other you know decent sort of uh, receivers that they have around him, he doesn't have. He just has to move move the chains. So how fun would that be for a veteran to just you know pick apart the zone, just sit there, catch 10, 11 yards per catch matriculate the ball down the field. So you're right, though. I think that's a great match for Percy Harvin. I don't expect a whole lot of production from him, but I would imagine a lot of his catches will go for first downs, and he can help them move the ball. Now, look, we can leave the NFL alone. You know, um, next Saturday is the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that more next week. But we got to talk about some college football before we get to baseball, because this, this show is really the bulk about all the baseball deals. But College football did release their, uh, you know, unofficial top 25. So you got Ohio State, TCU, Bama, Baylor, Oregon, Michigan State, Auburn, Florida State, all the way down to eight, nine, Georgia, and USC 10. Um, how does the suspensions of Joey Bosa and some of the other players, but he's the big name for Ohio State, do you think affect them? And at the same time, that week schedule where they only the only teams that are tough really are potentially uh, Michigan State and Virginia Tech, and you know maybe Michigan is on the better swing or Penn State. Ohio State doesn't play Wisconsin this year. Do they basically glide into the Final Four, or what do you think with them being number one and just how that all will play out for them? And Braxton Miller going a wide receiver. Yeah. Which was smart, very smart for him. He's got to think about the next level. Yeah, especially if you think about Antoine Randall L and Heinz Ward, and there be some. There have been some guys that have really made yeah. some. Julian Edelman. Well, he's a superior athlete, so we know he can do it. He could play, you know, H back. He could play a lot of things. He could be your Dave Meggett, whatever, a little bit bigger, but you know. Look at that little maggot go. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, that warms your heart. I know. I, oh I know how to get God. to the heart. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, look, I think Ohio State's fine. I think uh, that this kid, Joey Bosa, again, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Especially because you're in the spotlight. You're uh, he's a, a stud. 10 pick coming up next year. Oh, and five. you have a chance to be back-to-back national champions. Having said all of that, I trust in Urban Meyer that he can still put a team together and he'll be in the Final Four. I don't know if they'll win it all. But you know what? No reason to believe with that schedule and with the experience that they had last year that they'll they'll probably go undefeated in the Big Ten. I mean, why not? I can't see, like you said, undefeated all the way. You don't think Virginia well, Tech's going to beat them? I mean, come on. No, undefeated until the they get to the Final Four potentially. <laughs> I mean, why not? It's it's hard to see somebody on their schedule that that they'll even be an underdog to. No, you're totally right. You know, it's one of those things where. I, you know, it's hard to, to see anybody potentially beating the, the, the top sort of teams. Bama's going to be tough. TCU and Baylor are going to be tough. The only chance that, uh, you know, they might bump each other off. TCU's got a you know, tough early game, which we spoke to Charles about, you know, at Minnesota. Oregon's going to be the class in the Pac-12. But let me tell you, a I, I, couple teams. You've got to watch out for Georgia even though they're going to miss, you know, Gurley. I think USC could surprise people in the Pac-12. You know, they're going to be tough again. 
and Clemson could be better. Um, we have to see if Ole Miss and UCLA and Arizona State, if those teams are ready to jump up from that mid-range 14, 15, 16, and sort of, you know, move up an echelon. So it's going to be fun. We'll have our college football preview in a couple of weeks. Um, and we'll definitely, you know, really break down each conference, predict our winners, predict the final four and all of that, and our Heisman, all of that. So, and we'll have uh, Charles Davis on that show and, and let you hear some of his thoughts. So that's going to be fun. I just feel bad for Joey Bosa for, you know, that type of stupidity because now did they say how many games he's going to miss? Is he going to be out the whole season or just a week or two? What, what's he going to no, be out No, I for? thought it was a few weeks, but uh, okay. I don't – yeah, I don't think he's missing the whole season. Okay, not bad. So, listen, let's take a quick break. And, Ray, we've got to discuss not only our amazingly hot Yankees who have been won, what, seven out of the last ten – uh, only other Best team is since the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, man. The White Sox have been pretty hot, but you know they didn't really do anything with the trade deadline. But we'll we'll talk about all the teams who's making moves, who made the best moves. We'll be right back, and there'll be trade talk coming up. Rain Tech. We're back, and we're back to talk arguably the national pastime. You know my view is the national pastime <laughs> is football. But wait, wait, Ray, Ray switched it up on the audience. I want them to know he does not give baseball his dap and its love anymore for being the national pastime. He says it's strictly football now. Sorry, apple pie in America. Wait, can I say something really funny, though, real quick? Before we get to baseball, can I just say – a big who cares to the Knicks signing Sasha Vuvacek today. Ugh. Ray. But but Ray. it was Elizabeth Imazero's favorite player, though. Sasha Vuvacek he, with the headband. She liked the headband. The headband. Exactly. And it did it for her. Wesley so. Saunders from, from Harvard, which I actually like that move. That's our, our 12 guys. We have 12 men on the roster because we Another cut Ricky, Ricky Lito. Bad. Gosh season for the uh, New York Ray, Knickerbockers. Yes. Well, let's, let's stay in New York and let's talk about the trade deadline because the Yankees didn't do much. They made one quiet move. They got your boy, um, what's his name? Dustin. Dustin uh, Ackley. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about him. What do you think about that and the Yankees not making any other moves? So it's funny because he was a heck of a prospect uh, played in the College World Series, North Carolina. So he's an outfielder. We put in the rotation. Um, yeah, like we sent a couple of right? prospects. We sent Flores, Ramon Flores, and, and Jose Ramirez. But the the interesting thing is the Yankees were rumored for a long time to get Craig Kimbrell. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, if you have Dylan Batances and you have Andrew Miller, why do you need Craig Kimbrell? But then I said, wait a second. You know, in that run between 96 and 2000, you know, yes. we had Wetland. well Wetland, and we didn't know what Rivera was in '96, but it clear right. it became clear. So we didn't sign Wetland after that. But then we had Rivera, Nelson, Stanton, Ramiro Mendoza. So I said, wait a minute, we had four really legitimate rece- uh, receivers, relievers. So 
I get it, but look, that's an embarrassment of Richards. I think that the, the yeah, Yankees, but Miller's been hurt though, Ray. So you got to consider that too. He has been, he has been, but I think the needs, the bullpen's been great this no, year. No, we should have got a starter because Pineda just went on the DL. Right, exactly. The needs are elsewhere. The needs are in a, in a bat. The needs are in a, you know maybe a solidify right field. Uh, maybe get a starter, especially because you know CC's on the decline. Pineda's getting hurt. Yeah, Tanaka he hospital, could always right? get. What happened with CC? I heard he was in a yeah. hospital. Yeah, it's it's um so so I was surprised actually that the Yankees were not more aggressive. Well, and maybe... we'll talk about them being inactive compared to the Blue Jays being so active. But let's stay in New York with the Mets because they got the deal that it might be the best rental in New York City in, in, in the whole real estate market. And they rented Ioannis Cespedes from the Tigers, who the Tigers are total sellers because they, you know, raise great pick on the Tigers. They're totally MIA, 27th in ERA in baseball. But they're trade, you know, got rid of Price to the uh, Blue Jays, and then they get rid of Cespedes to the Mets. Great move for the Mets. He'll probably play left field, could play center, and, you know, um, could, could Dyer could come back and put him in left. So we'll see. But – um. If That's they could get bat. him to come back, or him, him but when, why can't it be a rental with an option to buy ah, oh, in I the offseason? It be an option to buy. Right. So Kadire. He'll love New yeah, York. Sure, but Kadire, and think about it, if David Wright can get healthy, so you essentially add those three guys back to the lineup. So the Mets, hmm, and you know that rotation is second to none. Uh, so the Mets look like they could they could – Give the Nats a run for the money. They got Uribe over there at third in the trade that they made earlier in the week. And the best deal was not trading for Carlos Gomez and Zach Wheeler, giving up Wheeler. They keep Wheeler, their young fifth starter, you know, fifth star starting pitcher, who will be back next season. So I, I love it. I really love it, what the Mets are doing. That what was do you think about the Astros, speaking of Carlos Gomez? So they get, the, they get him. They get, I mean, the Astros, they are, and it was good to see a team that historically oh, has been terrible. and lost 100 They're games, like four it. out of the last seven years, has, is just absolutely going for it. They're so, going for it. Run down the list, all the guys they got, because they got a, a bunch. So they, they, they acquired Carlos Gomez and Mike Fierce from the Brewers, right? And they yeah. sent a bunch of prospects. So six prospects, none of whom were considered to be that, you know, outstanding, right? And earlier in the week, they picked up um, the left-hander, uh, the pitcher. He's already won them a game. Um, what's his name? Uh, Scott Casimir. Yeah, they got right? Casimir from so Oakland. They, right. So they picked up Casimir from Oakland, right? And um, what else did they do? I mean, those were the, those are basically the, the two big ones that they uh, that they were looking at, and they actually pulled the trigger and, and did everything that that you wanted them to do. So if you're a if you're a Houston baseball fan right now, you're thinking to yourself, all right, this team is for real. You know, they went and got themselves a, a center fielder, a left-handed pitcher, and good for them. You know what? I, I think that if you're the Angels right now, you're thinking to yourself, we picked up, you know, we, we made a couple of moves, but we, we're a little scared right now. I mean, the Angels do have, you know, six pitchers, but you know what? I gotta, I, I gotta switch, and I gotta say the Houston Astros look to me like they're gonna win the AL West. If they if the youth doesn't panic, there's about 60 games left. If they don't panic, I gotta think that that they're that they're on track to win that division. 
Well, you know what? I think, look, they, they, sit, they situated themselves well that if they don't win the division, they're going to get the wild card. Um, you know, and they'll obviously be battling with Blue Jays, Orioles, and, you know, Minnesota Twins. Um, but I think they can take that division. Yeah, I mean, and, the Angels picked up a bunch of role players, right? They picked up David Murphy. They picked up uh, David DeJesus. So they they had depth in the outfield, right? Ever since they lost Josh Hamilton, they figured they needed more depth in the outfield. Uh, but really, they didn't they nothing, didn't do nothing, nothing, nothing too spectacular. You know, oh, and Shane Victorino, right? So they got three outfielders. So that's great, yeah. but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that that's exactly – oh, and we we got to give um, – we got to give the Mets credit also for picking up Tyler Clipper. That's another guy that a couple of people were, were getting after. And, you know, a right-handed reliever with that awkward delivery. Um, and especially because the Mets, their guy, um, just you know, we talked about this, uh, getting suspended for a full baseball season. That's crazy. Uh, coming off a suspension, you get a suspension of 162 games. So that's just that's, that blows my mind. I, I don't know what's going on there. But well, uh, but yeah, the Mets were net winners in this. These two teams, though, to me, that I think might be underrated in what they did: the Giants getting leak from the Reds, getting that I pitcher. That was big. Yeah, I thought that was huge for the Giants, and they might overtake the Dodgers. The Giants have been playing great. Um, just. You know, fundamental baseball. They, they, but getting that arm really behind Madison Bumgarner, that's going to be clutch. And I like the Pirates, Ray. I like the Pirates getting um, from the Tigers, the uh, um, Joaquin Soria, and then also getting Amiris Ramirez back, who, um, um, yeah, he, he did I'm, big I'm things. Amiris Ramirez started, he started in the organization and getting that bat back to be clutch. The Pirates, man. I mean, let's look. They got what the second best. And they got Jay. And they got wait. And they got Jay Happ. You know who years ago oh, yes, was yes. considered by Phillies, and then and then the Blue Jays was considered to be. Uh, and then I guess he came from the Mariners most recently. But yeah, the, excellent pickups. Excellent pickups. I, I thought that they that they added depth, and they positioned themselves well for for uh, you know for but at you know least a wild card. I don't know if they'll catch St. Louis. No, no, no. And the Cardinals, of course, they added, added uh, what, Brandon Moss and, um, you know, little minor moves or whatever. But that's a good – look, Moss will come in and do what he needs to do. Um, what do you think about the Dodgers with that three-team, 13-player trade with the Marlins and the Braves and the Dodgers well, picking up Latos and Wood and Morse and Bronson Arroyo? Like, what is happening in L.A.? These guys are just all over the place. Well, there was rumors they were going to move Wood again to the Cubs, but I guess they didn't. So Wood, Arroyo, and Latos, um, that's pretty huge. And I think it's because they don't—they might not be able to keep Granky next year. So I think it was just maybe looking into, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but I think that, that they realize that they want a lot of live arms who can pitch middle relief, you know, whatever. And I think that having those veteran guys like Arroyo and, and, you know, Latos has been around, that's smart. So to me, the Dodgers, they, they're looking for a little boost in the postseason. You know, not to say that they can't rely on Kershaw, but remember, he's had some trouble, right? So 
hey, maybe they're like, listen, we, we're going to get some veterans that, uh, look, Arroyo is, you know, Arroyo's solid. He'll come in and, and pitch to anybody. You know what I mean? And oh, then we'll can we talk about, out. wait, but then can we talk about the granddaddy of them all? Well, the Blue the Jays. Toronto Blue I, Jays, who, who even did more work today. I don't hey. know if you saw, but it's not over. They, they, they got, well, I mean, trade deadline passed, yeah. but they picked up yeah. Ben Revere today. Yeah. They picked up a reliever in Mark Lowe. And, yeah. of course, they got Tulowitzki. I mean, these guys are just completely and David Price. <laughs> all in. And, and, and the big daddy of them all, of course, is David Price. I mean, I guess Tulo's the big daddy of them all because Tulo's got some more time left on his contract. Well, so yeah, that, but David, David Price, though, to get that type. But he's a rental, meaning, meaning you know, that, that's only for the end of the year. Tulowitzki you got for a few years. Maybe, and, uh, maybe they can keep him now. Maybe, maybe, for sure, for sure. Maybe they convince him to become, you know, the next Roger Clements winning two Cy Youngs up there in Toronto or, or, or they will. Tell you, I will be shocked as much as I've been, you know, on the Yankee bandwagon and they were, they're up six games, but it might be hard for them to hold off the Blue Jays. If this all comes together the right way, the Blue Jays could be so dangerous if they even in the wild card or win the division – Nobody's going to want to see them in postseason with that type of lineup and, and the pitching and, you know, they, what they got rid of. Uh, now, Jose Reyes, he didn't get retraded again, did he? He stayed in um, Colorado, Colorado, I think. Yeah, I didn't hear about yeah. him getting moved. No, because there again. were rumors that the Mets were trying to get him at the deadline, you know, him back. I don't Look, know. Look, if, so. if somebody eats a lot of his money, I think the Mets would love to have him back. The Mets haven't had, had stability at shortstop since he's been gone. You're so going to have to watch him back. with the waiver wire, Ray. Come August, September, when a lot of these big money veterans get released and then teams, you know, like the Yankees or whatever could jump on them. I think Jose Reyes is one of those players that is going to be moved then. He's got too waiver. much money on his, on his contract, though, so you need to have somebody pick up the majority of his money because that's one of the reasons why the Mets didn't want him in the first place is because they just couldn't afford his contract but and he's underplayed that contract right he's underperformed yeah given, no he given how much has. Time for. well we got to give props to the rangers and the twins for making minor you know not total minor moves right the twins they get um the pitcher kevin um jespin right yeah from the um from the rays but then the the rangers were you surprised in them getting Cole Hamels in the sense that I guess they're still alive for the wild card, but I, I, I wasn't, I was surprised that they were the ones that stepped up and got Cole Hamels. You know what? In some ways it's smart. If you think that you've got a decent team in the long run, because you got to figure if Cole Hamels gets acclimated, even if you don't make the playoffs this year, you got you Darvish coming back next year. Exactly. Keep you got that Gallardo, line. Yeah. If you keep, which I don't think he was traded, right? Giovanni Gallardo stayed, right? So if you, yes. you've got a rotation next year of Darvish, Hamels, and Gallardo, that's a nice one, two, three. So yes, you're no, in definitely. a tough division. And by the way, there's an arms race in that AL West, right? So the Angels and the Royals are doing big things. So, uh, sorry, the Angels and the Astros are doing big things. That's the one team we didn't talk about was the Royals, another team that wow. obviously got Johnny Cueto a few days ago, right? That and was, then, that was huge, but they, they also got... Of, they gave up they a got, lot of young studs. They got Ben Zobrist. 
So they picked up two veterans. Big, big moves. Yes, absolutely. So I think that, that the Royals give the Royals credit. They're also all in. So, so we've learned today that the Blue Jays are all in, the Astros are all in, and the Royals are all oh, yeah. in. So good are for you them. Let me ask you this, though. Are you disappointed for a team that's actually playing pretty good ball, the Chicago Cubs, that they only got really Dan Heron, that maybe they could have got a little bit more? I think they're ahead of schedule, and I think that deep, deep, deep in their heart, they probably think, you know what? We're a year away. We're a year away, exactly. Chris yeah. Bryant's the man, and they got Soler, and they decided not to trade Starlin Castro, so they're going to keep him. And the pickup of Heron, um, they, you know, they, they toyed around with some other pitchers. They decided, I guess, Theo's thinking, we have an outside chance, but this year you know, St. Louis and Pittsburgh are still pretty tough. Let's just hold back. Let's not sell the farm. Let's not, you know, we got a great, think about it. In the same year, you bring up Soler and Chris Bryant. You've got a great, you know, one, two, and you've got a, a farm system. So just wait, just be patient. And next year you go gangbusters. So maybe they're ahead of schedule. Maybe if they win 85, 87, 88 games, you know, and miss the playoffs, 90 games and miss the playoffs by a game or two, they can live with that because, their goal is to win a couple of World Series. Are you surprised that the Reds kept Jay Bruce and Araldos Chapman and also that the Padres kept basically everybody? I guess yeah, they I figured, look, nobody's offering what we want to get for Justin Upton and their pitchers, and they just said, you know what, maybe we get better and more value in the offseason, and maybe the players start playing to their card for next season. I guess I that's thought, what the Padres are thinking. I thought the Padres, and I tweeted about this, I thought the Padres would be huge sellers. I thought they would blow yeah. it up. It was and shocking. They got, they got rid of Bud Black midseason, and I thought yeah. once they did that and didn't really get a bounce from the, you know, the new manager situation that they were going to blow up the team. They didn't. The Reds are interesting because it's so hard to trade an Araldis Chapman. I mean, this guy is so unique in his talent and his ability. He has a year yeah. left. Players you know, so. out, and he's got a year left. Exactly. Jay Bruce, on the other hand, I thought could have been a piece because there was some a lot of people looking for some corner outfield. But you know what? The Reds probably say to themselves, just like you picked the Reds, I think, to do well this season. They probably say to themselves, you know what? If we stay healthy, we still have some players. Joey Votto is still, you know, a, a top upper echelon player. Brandon Phillips can still play. They just still, never I, stay healthy, though, right? Every season. It seems like they get injuries, and you know it happened again this year for a bit. But at 46 and 54, I'm disappointed in the Reds. They're fourth place right now. I mean, that's that's not good. Yep, that's not good. Agreed. So, you know, I'll say this overall. I think you still feel like the Nats, Cardinals, maybe Dodgers could hold on. You sort of still feel like it's the same. I think the wild card between Giants, Pirates are locked, but between the Giants and Mets, very fascinating to, to watch in the National League. 
And then the American League, that battle in the West, whoever doesn't win between the, you know, Astros and, and Angels. Um, you and then know, Yankees looks like, and Blue Jays. You got to think the yeah. Blue Jays are back in the mix. Yeah, and Minnesota's going to have something to say about the wild card, too. With 53 wins, um, you know, they're, they're right there. And um, so we'll see because they're, you know, they're ahead of the Blue Jays and right there with the Orioles. They're all close with 51 for the Orioles. And the Orioles uh, got para. They made a couple moves. They got para. Yeah, I think the Orioles did okay. I mean, I think they're, they're yeah. slightly on the winner side of the ledger as opposed to being a loser. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, listen, great show. Um, we'll be back next week, um, possibly on Monday, but we'll definitely be back next week. You know, still sort of on our summer schedule. Obviously, as we get closer to September and college football and NFL, we'll be back Mondays and Fridays, usual time, 6 p.m. Keep listening. And um, we thank you for uh, talking uh, training camp and Major League Baseball trades with us. And um, great show. Yeah, have a great sports weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Don't get traded, right? The trade deadline's over, so you're safe. You're safe, <laughs> all you baseball players. You're no, safe. More crying for, no more crying for the Mets players? No Boy, more uh, crying for the Mets players. We didn't get traded. It's funny because Carlos <laughs> Gomez actually did get traded, but not to the Mets. So how funny yeah. was that? Well, listen, but, Flores, well, he's still, uh, what's his name, the kid, Wilson, uh, he still gets to stay. So Yeah, and you know what? You know, we laugh, but but actually I thought Terry Collins handled it well. He said, look, this guy is a player, but he's a human being, and he was yes. about to get uprooted. This was the organization he wanted to be with. This was the organization. And he's been he with them since into he was the 16, majors, Ray. And suddenly you get a tap on the shoulder, and you're thinking you're going to Milwaukee in the middle of the game. So, yes, it affects you. You know, these guys are not robots. But it was basically – it was the fault of Twitter and the fans. That's whose fault it was. It was just a rumor. Right. For sure. For sure. But, but, but you know what? It was, it was kind of nice to see that the guy cares and, and the guy, you know, was was not robotic about it. It affected him. It's great. I think it's great. Listen, Tom Hanks was wrong. There is crying in baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, enjoy the sports weekend and we'll see you next time.